Scope, a podcast designed to analyze the games that we love, headlines of music, and the moves we can't forget. I'm Rose Wendell Burns, the kind of part save on Morris. Packers playing Lions tonight. Game face. <laughs> How's it going, man? I almost canceled, bro. I know. I, I was almost about to say. canceled. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel you. <laughs> but I'm going to catch the tail end of it. I have the, the live stuff um, on the computer as well as the notes. So we got yeah, man. If I get like, I'm looking like this, yeah. Well, it's a new monologue. <laughs> well, we have a lot of topics to get into um, for this episode. Obviously, the breaking news of Damian Lillard heading to Milwaukee. Um, some NFL topics, college football ones, album reviews in the second half. We're going to do a review of Snowpiercer. Finally, I know, I know, finally, I right? <laughs> we're finally getting to it. But I'm um, going to start off with Damian Lillard heading to Milwaukee and kind of like where does this place the Bucks in the hierarchy of the East? Um, the breaking news of yesterday was a shock to many as this was a three-team deal. And the, the full trade involves um, the Blazers receiving Drew Holiday, um, Atumani Kamara, the Suns receiving Yusuf Nurkic, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson, and Grayson Allen. And this is one of those trades where the, the rumblings of it finally being completed were happening. People thought September was going to be the month. Um, Miami yeah. was kind of the, the, the pick that people were thinking but I really feel as though, man, when you put a, a duel of, of Dame and Giannis together, obviously we know what Giannis can do. And now you have a guy who can create in the half court that the tempo, it can be slowed down. And he can go get buckets. Like in that Miami series, you saw nobody could really get a bucket outside of Giannis. And Giannis was yeah. even hampered with injuries. Um, this is, this to me, this puts them at the top of the East in terms of favorites. Where do you think about, what do you think about this move? And also, how is how is it going to affect Milwaukee's future and and the Blazers? I think it's puts them puts them at number one. You know, at number one in the East. You look at all the answers they uh, the questions they answered with that move, and you're yeah. able. And a lot of people keep seeing this this you know pick with Giannis and Damian Lillard. What about Chris Middleton? That's uh, he keeps getting you know, not mentioned. <laughs> exactly. They they keep Lopez. They keep a core group of the guys that assisted them to winning the uh, NBA Finals. Yeah. So they were able to keep great pieces as well as add Damian Litter, who just said named all those things that he can do, and he can take the load off of Giannis. I think that's the biggest thing. And Giannis can play bully ball more, feed him the rock, and let the three-point shooters do what they do best. They're going to be great on, on defense. So I yeah. think this puts them there. The future, I think the future is bright. We, we all knew that Giannis, if they didn't answer a bunch of questions for Giannis in that organization, just like Luka Doncic with the with the Mavericks, Mavericks, that he was possibly going to go into the free agency and try to go somewhere else. I think they answered a bunch of questions. Yeah, we know Dame said he didn't want to play anybody but Miami, but I think this should put a huge smile on his face because he became a NBA contender, NBA Finals, finals contender that fast. <laughs> Overnight. <laughs> Even with the Heat, it was going to be some questions unanswered. But, you know, are these guys going to be the same? Some guys are coming off injuries. They move the piece to pieces around. It's so, but the, you become an instant NBA Finals the contender, you, you could you, you're number one in the East for you know. So I think he'll be satisfied. I think he'll resign. So Chris Middleton is on a, already on a longer contract. Um, you know, Bobby is another essential piece that's still there. So they were able to obtain a bunch of things that were going to make them number one as we like. So I love the pick. I was un it was unexpected. I was like, what? I literally, I was literally on break. <laughs> I was literally on break at work. Just a typical Wednesday afternoon. I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I should, n- nothing crazy is happening. Look at my phone. Damian Lillard had some walk. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is Who happening? Make this happen. 
And then obviously the one eight when the details came, I was like, oh, obviously this had to be a three team. Oh yeah, for sure. No, they didn't have enough for them just to like give him over there and get them back. That's where they were able to keep those pieces, which is a smart move. Uh, so man, but on paper, so we got to say that on paper this looks amazing. They're number one, but obviously you have to get on the court, jail. And you know, you we know, learned you our lesson. Small Me and Taylor yeah, have learned, learned our that. lessons a few Long years time ago, ago when we did the on paper team. Yeah, you, the, you all it know started with the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, the Celtics. They were my goodness. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and one more thing about this is the Drew, the, the Drew Holiday aspect of this because he uh, was yeah. such a vital defender. And I mean, ten times out of ten, you're gonna if you can get a da- player like Damian Lillard, you're gonna make this trade happen because you know you're gonna have to give up something substantial. But Dame right. is a once in a generation type of scorer. Um, and, and playmaker, like, what do you think about the the defensive impact they're missing that, that, that they lose with Drew Holiday? But also, I feel as though they can still find defenders that can shore up, shore it up, even though they won't be at the level of a Drew Holiday. Yeah, I, it, it, I hate it for Drew Holiday because he just put a post like you know once previously retired. before this happened. <laughs> wants to retire and be a buck for life, but you know yeah. this is a business, and I understood it. Then they're gonna, I think the Trailblazers are gonna allow him to get traded to another team so he can contend again for I mean championship. But I think is beautiful. Who knows? He might end up back at the Bucks. Some weird whoever crazy picks him up. Whoever picks him up is gonna have a skill. I ma- imagine if Boston or Miami get him. That's- yeah, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause he could give you some buckets as well, but I think he's the, obviously he's the best, um, best on the defensive side. I think he brings right. that that grittiness and that IQ. He has a great IQ. I've seen him hold a couple of guys. I'm like, yo, man, he has it. Why did we sleep on Drew Holiday for all those years? Even when he was with the uh, Pelicans. Was, Pelicans, yeah. I yeah. wanted to call them the uh, what was it before the Pelicans? It's been so long. Oh, man. Hornets. I the Hornets. There were the Hornets. Okay. I, that was my first thought. I was like, no, that's Charlotte. But um, we slept on him for a long time. He, I think in recent years, he showed how good of an asset he is for basketball teams, especially yeah. for the Bucks. We've seen that countless times, especially when they won the championship. But hopefully he goes to a team that he's able to uh, contend. But whoever yeah. gets him, like he said, he's going to be a gem because oh, he's, sure. he's that type of guy. He's he, he breathes fo- I mean, football. He breathes ball. Look, I don't like Charles Barkley. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> I guarantee. <laughs> I guarantee. Um, and, and now I'm transitioning to, to the Bengals win versus the, the Rams on Monday night. Uh, Cincinnati won 19 to 16 at home, and Joe Burrow threw for a season high of 259 yards as he shaked off a, a, his calf injury. Jamar Chase broke out with 12 catches for 141 yards, and Obviously, this was a must a must win for Cincinnati because you don't want to go down 0-3, even though they have started no. off slow in the in past seasons, and now they're getting back into into that groove. Um, what did you think about this win for them, and also just how they can kind of get back into that offensive um, just efficiency that we're used to seeing from them late in the season in, in, in conference championships? It starts with the running game, yeah. and. For a quarterback who's coming off a hamstring, throwing 40, 49 times, I would say it's 50, let's round up. Yeah. Uh, his game back, it's, it's, you don't want that. Even though, you know, Chase went off for 141 yards, no touchdowns, but that's a lot of stringers work for a, for a quarterback coming off that type of injury who's still injured, who wasn't as mobile. We've seen that in a couple. That's why he was getting sacked by yeah. uh, Aaron Donald. But, you don't want that. You need the running game. Joe Mixon, they need a, the play calling has to be different. They have to switch it up, get creative with the play calling, get the running game working as fast as possible. This 
the running game is the key to all offenses. Like this is this is not rocket science. It's the bread and butter. It opens up so much for the quarterback, the wide receivers, the offensive line that gives them breather. Like it gets them that confidence. It's so much that goes into the running game. They didn't have it. Nineteen attempts, sixty-five yards. I, I won't. I won't say they didn't try. Nineteen attempts is pretty big, and yeah. they have the ball longer uh, than the Rams. But it has to get that started. Give Joe Burrow, the guy you just paid millions of dollars, a chance to heal, a chance to breathe a little bit by getting that running game started. You see all these other teams, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Miami Dolphins, uh, the 49ers, the running game is working really well, and it makes things easier for the quarterback. So that's Mm -hmm. the thing they not to get done. That's what I didn't see in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and the Rams came up up close in this one. Um, To to, to you, like – and looking at what they can do to kind of like, because we didn't have a lot of expectations for them this year, but they have played yeah. better this season. Matthew Stafford has been playing well. Um, what did you see from the Rams and and kind of like how they can, um, you know, find a way to have a, have a successful season? Outside of, you know, the, he had 15 targets, you know, 12, 12 receptions, 141 yards. I thought they the defense played really well. It should have been worse than that. They, yeah. you know, it's a bend, brand, bend, not break type of mentality with the Rams. The secondary is still, eh, it's a, it was a, it was a couple drop passes to drop interceptions, but I think they play really well. The offense has to find their new identity, as you, as you've seen from previous years, Cooper Cup. These right. guys, Robert Woods, you know, previously, they don't have Cooper Cup right now. He's hurt. They don't have that number one receiver. They have a bunch of role players just like the Chiefs, uh, if you will. So they have to find a new identity. Matthew Stafford just coming back. He's not fully acclimated. He, I mean, he's getting older. <laughs> he's getting one of those. He's a veteran quarterback. He's getting older. So there's running game, once again, is non-existent. So they got to find a new identity. They just got rid of Cam Akers for out of whatever reason. Yeah. But they have to find a new identity in that offense. Matthew Stafford needs help. Somebody in that wide receiver core has to come up and say, I'm the number one wide receiver and I'm going to show it. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, everybody's talking about Nakua, who's uh, had, you know, what he had uh, seven, f- five receptions, seven targets. He's, he's, he, he's a big time story. You know, NFL, all media loves these types of stories. So if he's the number one guy, then he has to. Step above everything and be that guy. But they knew a new identity with the Rams, the offense. I think the defense is okay. Have the bend, not break mentality. And I think that front seven is going to get you in games and stop, make late stops in the game that'll get you opportunity to get the ball back. Absolutely. Um, and now moving on to, to the Eagles, um, them being 3 0, winning against Tampa Bay, uh, 25 to 11. Jalen Hurts, he threw for uh, a TD. They led 25 to 3 by the time the Bucks got into the end zone on on Baker Mayfield's one-yard TD throw to Mike Evans. And it's interesting because the sentiment around the Eagles is like they're 3-0, and but they also haven't gotten into that peak form of, of what we see, like that dominant um, type of um, performances that we saw from them last year. They're still kind of getting into their groove in, in a mm-hmm. sense. Um, to you, what have you seen from the Eagles 3-0 and so far? Um, but also, even though they haven't looked at their optimal version, I mean, three and zero is, is is a great way to start the season. This is the second yes. time, this consecutive years <laughs> that, that that they're three and zero for the first time in in, the, in their history. Um, so, what what is your kind of your analysis for the Eagles so far? I think they're very close, to be honest with you. You look at this offensive line and their running game. The running game is working. Swift was a great addition this offseason. He looks like he's a poised running back. He can do all facets of the game. 
man, he looks good. That running game looks really good. It makes things easier for Jalen Hurts. Now, the one thing that I will take away from the offense is the connections right now with the wide receiver core. Yeah, Brown, this is the first game. Brown had an amazing game, 131 uh, yards, nine catches. He had 14 targets. You can see the bicker, the bickering the first two games of why that connection wasn't there. They're butting heads. Now they figured it out. So that's the only knack I had against the offense because they got some big time wide receivers on the edge and some guys in the in the slot yeah. that can do damage. This offense is really, 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 really one more really good. And they <laughs> shown that with the running game. And now if they can get a consistent uh, consistency with the the connection with the wide receivers. The running game is going to be there. Kel, led by Kelsey, one of the he's a future Hall of Famer. Oh, so sure. I think they're close. Defense look good. They got a the 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 Philadelphia Georgia Bulldogs. So they have <laughs> that, the two teams. They, you yeah, you have together. to, bro, because <laughs> Carter's having a great seat. Like they're the defense look really good. So they're checking a lot of boxes. Fletcher Cox yeah. came back for another year. Looks really still looks really good. So I think they're very close. I think the offense has to have more consistent uh, basis when it comes to finding the, finding their wide receivers. The running game is going to get them there. He had, he had 130, 130 yards, Willington. Like he was jumping over people. He was he was swift. He was swift. Okay, that was weak. that was weak. Oh, that was weak. That was weak. <laughs> I could have developed that a little better, but whatever. <laughs> It's been a long day. You know what I'm talking about? Not like Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's better. That's better. Yo, what did you think about the the Kelsey Swift phenomenon? Bro, she's a marketing. She's marketing marketing amazing, bro. Yo, going to the the Jets game Sunday night. The NFL gave her a call. Hey, "Hey, come to the game. What what the what the guy said? The girl with the long back off of. To have a long back, she brings a lot, boy. Yeah, man, that's crazy. I don't know Bro. if he obviously he didn't know that, but I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird relationship because that doesn't seem like well, they're not in relationship. That's like they're I don't know what they're doing. I don't care. They don't pay my bills, but everything skyrocketed. Everything skyrocketing. Kelsey's podcast is the number one <laughs> podcast on Apple. Just just happened to Jersey the- sales <laughs> went up. <laughs> Yo, everything. That's insane. I was listening to his podcast. He said, hey, what can I say? It was a good day. <laughs> just okay, so casual buddy. about it. Well, all right, Kelsey. Okay, bro, yeah. <laughs> and she um, the best thing that happened to you this yeah, year. Best. <laughs> best I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Drizzy. Um, and, and now getting to, to, to our, our next topic with, with the Cardinals upset of the Cowboys. Arizona won 28 to 16. Joshua Dobbs threw for 189 yards and a touchdown. Uh, James Conner and Ronald Moore both ran for a touchdown. And obviously with this game, this was kind of one of the biggest surprises um, this past Sunday with with uh, how the, the Cowboys looked the first two games. And so many times, to me, the reoccurring theme, when they were in the red zone, the Dallas could not convert. They, they just yes. got, they got stagnant. And that's going to keep... That's, gonna, that's what I always look at as the thing that, that keeps me from buying into them. Because I'm like... You're going to see that in the postseason. You're going to be in the red zone a lot of times, but can you convert? Can Dak deliver? Yeah. He wasn't able to do that. Um, to you, what were your takeaways um, from this upset? So, um, one of my takeaways, well, this is a bunch of takeaways, and I, I obviously started at number one. One of the takeaways is Cardinals' offensive line is better than I thought they were going to be. Um, obviously, Dobbs didn't have it in an amazing game. 
Um, but they they put they Parsons did really didn't have the crazy game like I thought he was. Lawrence didn't have the crazy game or foul. None of these defensive guys, they were running the ball really well against him. That was one of the biggest surprises as well. That's number two takeaway. Like the their ability to run the ball on this stacked Dallas defense who's top five in the league. I mean, I know it's only yeah. four games, but top five. It's that's crazy to do, and we, I mean James Conner is a good running back, but I thought this defense, the, the the first three games, nobody was able to really run on this Dallas Cowboys defense, and they were able to do it. This offense line is better than I thought it was, and then Dak Prescott, another takeaway: Dak always wants to play hero ball. The the interception, I try to make so many excuses for him that last interception in the red zone. There's three guys over there. It's nowhere. coverage. (laughs) Yeah. One excuse I say as an NFL quarterback, sometimes you have to throw your wide receiver open. You have to be confident to be able to do that. But that's three guys. Okay. (laughs) One, two, three. Like, you know what I mean? That's three guys. I see if it was two guys, you can, you know, thread the needle a little bit, put it somewhere that he can only get it and it, it goes out in the end zone. The ball, yeah, it was a bad ball. You got three guys there. The decision making before Dak, before Dak Prescott has not. Not gotten better, and that's the one thing. That's one of many things I have that's a, a negative mark against Dak Prescott as an NFL quarterback. He doesn't make great decisions, and he he plays hero ball too often. I think the contract of him being the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys gets to him sometimes. But man, Cardinals just look better. Yeah, <laughs> running. Yeah, it just looked point better. Point. They they capitalize on. Red zone, way more than the Dallas Cowboys. And, I mean, it wasn't like they wasn't moving the ball in the Cardinals. I mean, mm-hmm. the running game was working. He was, you know, the Reeves outside was working. Yeah. And they were – yeah, so – but it was – yeah, Dak Prescott has to make better decisions. The running game was working for the Cardinals. And I think that was a difference maker. That makes Dobbs not have to be this incredible quarterback and throw 20, 20 to 35 times a game and yeah. you know, throw interception, make the defense. Yeah, so – the running game worked for them. Again, listeners, Full Scope Podcast listeners, if you watch football, root for the running game. <laughs> Look for the running <laughs> yeah, game. It's going to make things easier. <laughs> Dobbs had a decent game because that running game was working with James Conner. Absolutely. Um, and, and now getting into the, to the, the Dolphins, um, <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> a story. <laughs> when I saw 70, I was like, no, there's no way. There's no way. Bro, My phone is like <laughs> Tua was out by halftime, bro. The backup gave him the rest. The back- exactly. Um, but but I mean everybody was talking about this on Sunday yeah. with with the, the the performance they have winning uh seventy to twenty against uh, seventy to twenty against Denver. They also reported nearly as many rushing yards as passing yards, averaging ten point two yards per play in the process. Um, they're also the, the first team in NFL history to record five passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns in, in the same game. And obviously the Dolphins offense is just humming um, week after week. Um, Tua is, is looking uh, just, just exceptional and, and really dialed in um, to you. Like what, when you look at a game like this, is this, does this more so tell you like, man, the Dolphins are really good or uh, Denver is just uh, uh, in a disastrous position. <laughs> So, okay, before this game, Denver's defense was the back end. They were like 30, 31, and 32. Now they're 32, 32, 32 out of all. <laughs> it's rushing offense and points per game. That was before they played the Miami Dolphins. Right. They look terrible. 
I mean, but this defense has been on the decline since last year, man. So Tua and these all these weapons they have, they have a lot of weapons. I think one, we have to take them seriously okay. now because of the weapons that they do have. Now, I didn't know they have eight, you know, the Akon or A <laughs> Sean or no Sean, whatever the backup running back name Big is. Big Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Big Sean. But most are <laughs> Jalen Waddle, man, the Cheetah. Like, there's a lot of weapons back there. And yeah. McDaniels has simplified this offense for Tua. And oh, Tua sure. is playing with a lot more confidence. And they're protecting him. This offensive line has gotten better. He's not taking the hits like he did last year. Right. Like, he was getting getting killed. And I think, one, you approve your offensive line. Two, he gets the ball out of his hands pretty fast. And if the running game is working, that open once again, full scope listeners and running pocket game. listeners, running, running game. game helps the quarterback. And that's another reason why he's not getting his hit as much because now you're afraid of the running game. You got linebackers coming in. You got to yeah. play action. You got one-on-one on outside. You got Jalen Waddle and Cheeto on the outside. But they're, they're afraid of running that cover three or cover zero, which is, you know, middle linebacker has the middle zone. You have the safety over top because those guys are fast. So they're going to stay in cover two, and that opens the running lane for um, for the run – for open lanes for the running game because the safety's back there because they're trying to take the, you know, wide receivers out of the game. But, anywho, yeah. that was a little breakdown if you don't oh, know yeah. what cover two or cover Save three on is. breakdown corner. Save breakdown. <laughs> You got to let them cook. <laughs> Yo, that's so funny. But, yeah, we got to take them serious right now. But their schedule is going to get next – this week they have Buffalo. Then you that got is going to be a good game. I can, I'm looking forward to that Miami-Buffalo game. Yeah, Miami-Buffalo. You got Philly. I think they squeaked by with New England. New England's going to get better. They're a better second half yes. of the schedule team. You got Kansas City. You got uh, – and then it gets it gets crazy. I mean, it gets weak again. Um, but I think the the in the, the middle of the season is going to show if they're really serious. They're going to play some good teams. This week is going to be serious as well. Yeah. If if Buffalo uh, has looked has looked really good ever better. since that week one. Like that yeah. week, I don't know if 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 it was because some people have said you know when you have such a crazy game like that and the the, the star quarterback goes out, your you know your your intensity and kind of focus goes down a little because you're like oh. Aaron Rodgers is out and you're not playing at that. Cause obviously they, they didn't play as well to finish it. I'm not saying that's the reason yeah. why but yeah. these last two weeks, they look like what we expect from Buffalo, even, even from the, from the last year, like really, you know why really the decision-making is better. You're not throwing three interceptions. Like before last year, his, he played this, I call this hero ball. Yeah. He's been playing hero ball, trying to force things, trying to, you know, force people open, trying to force throws his first two seasons. He, he by the book, by the book, if it's not there, I'm running the football. I'm extending the play with my legs. That's why people started respecting him. And then he has a credible uh, accuracy with a deep ball. Yeah. Not not the past couple of years. But that's the difference. At, when Josh is doesn't play hero ball and takes what the defense gave him and extend plays with his legs and the running game works, that's when they're at their best. And the defense always gives them opportunities to get the ball back. I think that defense is top 10 right now. So I think that's the difference. And now I think they had, they match up well. We've seen this matchup before. I think they match up well. And I think they're gonna they're gonna be able to stop the running game. Now we can run cover two, cover four to stop the top on top, and then we can get rush the pasture. I think Buffalo Bills will get to uh two of this this week. For sure. Is that is that to you the the 
the game that stands out the most um, this weekend? For NFL? Yeah, for NFL. Oh, you already know what game stand out the most to me. It's tonight. I mean, oh, my God, what am I talking about? <laughs> Thursday night, Thursday night, not the weekend. Forget about the weekend tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what in particular stands out for you for this game? Because obviously I, we were going to mention Green Bay. They had to come back against New Orleans. I, I was yeah. watching a lot of that game. Um, very impressive comeback because the Saints have been playing extremely well. What stands out to you so far from them uh, these past few weeks? Uh, Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay. Resiliency, man, to be able to come back and stop them, you know, 18 unanswered points. Defense picked up well. Obviously, uh, Derek Carr goes out with an injury. You know, Rashad Gary has three sacks. I mean, that's the difference. That's the second half. That's how you adjust. I think that's what I love the most. I know Jordan Love is not going to pick up these huge numbers. We don't expect him to. But I think when you when you come in as a team and come back and do 18 unanswered points to win by one point, and we just lost the week prior to by one point, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Not too, we got a long way thing. to go, though. We got a long, yeah. long way to go. Every every week is going to be a, a tough game. Now we got Aaron Jones back. We have uh, Christian Watson back this game. So I think the – that's that was kind of the difference because AJ Dillon is not that type of running back. He's a bruiser. He's not the guy you're going to give too many creative plays into. He's not a big screen guy. That's 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 Jones. That's his that's his forte. You've seen that in the first game against the Bears. What he can do and how he can set himself apart. So I'm looking forward to that. Him them kind of acclimate him slowly. And I think Matt Lafleur does a great job doing so. But yeah. The other game that's exciting, I think the Browns and the Ravens. I think this, oh yes, this is going to be a good one. Um, obviously, Nick Chubb is out. Get Kareem Hunt. I think they the running game will still be potent. Deshaun Watson is going to go against a good defense, mm-hmm. and they know each other. They know each other well. Miles Very Garrett. Familiar. I'm looking to see if he's going to be a factor because he has a hard time with the read option RPOs. So we're going to see. I think it's yeah. going to be obviously in the trenches. Starting out, and then what can these these two black quarterbacks do? I yeah, I hate to say two black quarterbacks, but we got a lot of black quarterbacks now, bro. I'm we excited. Do, man. I like it. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, and, and now getting to our next uh, topic of college football, Oregon kind of completely just outplaying Colorado from the jump. Um, or bro, that was the when when Bo Nix scored that lap that that touchdown right before halftime. I was like, when he just just, just just pack yeah. <laughs> back it up, bro. Um, and, and I mean, he was just exceptional throughout. Through through three touch, touchdown passes, they won forty two to six. Um, and this is, I mean, we were we were mentioning, hey, don't don't build the hype up too much with Colorado. We know that that look. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying because there there was there was some oh man, like they're going all the way to the college football playoff. Which Who said is, that? Bro, bro, there were some people. They don't know football. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we knew that's this was going to happen. We exa- we because we said Oregon USC. We've been saying for a while Oregon and USC. That's the test. And yes, teams like this. Let, like let's just be honest. Teams like this, they're just at a different caliber. Yeah, and and they're for in sure. that because they got both. I mean, Bo Nix and Caleb Williams. They're going to put up points. <laughs> it wasn't even that, bro. Yeah. It wasn't even Bo Nix. It was the running game. And we knew that they had trouble with the running game with the three teams they played with TCU, yeah. Nebraska, a mobile quarterback as well. And uh, so I knew that was going to be a problem. But whoever thought they were going to go to the national championship, 
I said they're going to win nine games. Nine they're games, They're going yeah. to win nine games. Yeah, for sure. They can beat USC for sure. It's going to go to a dogfight. They can beat USC. That USC defense is terrible, bro. <laughs> Hey, it's gonna be it's gonna be the quarterback shootout. It's gonna be the quarterback shootout. That's exactly what's gonna be. And eventually, I think, man, it's uh, but we're gonna stay with Oregon. We're gonna stay with Oregon. (laughs) I knew it was gonna be bad. I think that punt, that fake punt, really solidified things because they had that momentum, and then that changed. And then they don't have depth. They don't have a pass rusher. They don't have the depth at linebacker. There's and then that offensive line. He couldn't do anything at all. Nothing. Didn't have, didn't have any time to do anything. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter what play call are you gonna it's do. Like, that hey, uh, just, yeah. I can't. Go, I can't do anything. <laughs> bro, it was not like just one person getting back there. It was everybody. Yeah. It was exactly. a party. It looked at, very us. <laughs> yeah. I, gonna say? <laughs> I feel like I knew what you were about to say. <laughs> no, I was gonna. Oh, it's a part. It's a party in the backfield on Shador's expense. That's what I was gonna say. I you off. No, <laughs> you're good, bro. <laughs> you're good, bro. Because it was. I was, just, the- I was just gonna say, KC reminded me of of KC Tampa Bay when uh you know like when when Mahomes was like running running yeah. the entire. It almost yes, was like bro. that. Like that's how that's how it felt. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it was, bro. It, it, it was sad, bro. He wasn't able to, to sit down. He wasn't able to go through his progressions. I mean, sometimes he held the ball too long. I think that's if we were, were you know, nitpicking Ashador Sanders' game, I think he yeah. holds the ball way too long. You got to get it out. Either when you scroll, just throw it out of bounds or don't try to be play hero ball this podcast you're going to continue to hear that because we're getting in the thick of the schedule and a lot of quarterbacks want to play hero ball and put it on their shoulders no this is a team effort but there's a lot of things happen with this offensive line that allowed the Oregon to do what they wanted they were blitzing them they were sending everybody everywhere he couldn't get the ball out anyway so they had their ticket bro Oregon is real against them but Oregon's about to play some great teams Oregon is, is not as good as people think they are. They haven't played anybody yet. They haven't. Their their strength of schedule is pretty weak. On, they're not going to play Come anybody on, they're, until they're later. They're not fighting down. for clicks. They're not fighting for clicks. They're fighting. Yeah, for clicks. I, I really, I really <laughs> took that. I'm like, all right, bro. Y'all all right, really hate it. All right, all right pal. Play clicks. That man ain't. You bro, were doing they, some deeper, deep research, bro. How does Coach Prime put the put the? Oh, we're not together? playing for kids. We're playing for wins, oh. bro. He literally changed around a team that was one and eleven last year, bro. Yeah, they're three and one. That's still Impressive. a win. So win. They're sold out. Win. It's ticket sales. Win. They're getting recruits. They're you getting people. Wait, you know what I'm saying? They're not playing for no clicks. Obviously, it's gonna take a couple years to build a program. Like Colorado, bro. That's why these coaches be hating because they're getting he's getting all the press they're because oh he's it. Deion yeah. Sanders, bro. Yeah. You know how hard it is to turn around a one and eleven team. Super hard, super stream hard, man. Stop hating, guys. Come on. Yes, bro. Get that, get that, hit that really, that really was like, oh, we're playing. The Cinderella story is over. No, it's no, not. No, it's not. It's no, just it's started. not. When they win their bowl game, that's just the start of it. Yeah, man. They're going to win nine games. They're going to beat USC. They're going to beat Utah. Utah been in some dog fights. Oh, and you, I got don't the, think, you got them against Utah? Yeah, I got them against you. I okay. think they're, because Wes Coming will be back. He'll be more healthier. He'll be rested. Travis Hunter. 
Yeah, yeah Travis going to be rested. I think they'll get that offense offense straightened out here eventually. But I think they could be a you beat USC. I think they could beat Utah. The rest of the games are you know. Whatever. I just want to say, Travis Hunter would not have made up this this deficit. No, some people were, absolutely some people were not. saying if they had Travis Hunter, I was like, no. guys, no. no. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless Travis Hunter could kick, slide, and block, he, he might be the goat if he could have. <laughs> right, it would have probably been better on defense with these deep yeah. balls and the the confusion with the secondary. Maybe there would have been some busty I mean, plays. There it would have still plays. been like twenty eight or thirty five points on that board, bro. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and now getting to our to our, to our uh, next topic with Ohio State's close win versus Notre Dame. The Buckeyes oh, what won. a good game! That was a really good game. The Buckeyes won seventeen to fourteen on the road. And Kyle McCord converted to play after play on the final drive, capped with a perfectly executed one yard scoring plunge by by a trip training with one second left to give them the win. And like you said, th- this was really one of the best games um, this past Saturday. Um, we knew it was going to be. I mean, th- these are two top ten teams. We knew it was going to be a dog fight. What did you think about? To me, like Kyle McCord, I mean, he was like one of the, the main standouts because he delivered. We kind of needed yes. to see, are you going to deliver in the big moments? Like, you're an Ohio State quarterback. There's going to be that expectation. Uh, what did you think overall about this about this win for them? This topped this topped the TCU and Colorado game. I don't, I don't know if you remember me saying that. It's going to be hard to top that oh, yeah. game. This topped right. that game. Bro, everybody had Notre Dame beating Ohio State. They said Ohio State was not going to come out alive. This was to the wire. I I am a fan of Hartman. For him to come from NC State, no, not NC State. He came from um, Wake Forest. I can't remember. Hold up. See, this is we we doing a live. <laughs> we're chat. doing live. <laughs> oh my goodness! Where did he come from? This does not make us bad. Uh, it doesn't make us bad podcasters. It just makes us yeah, honest man. podcasters. Okay? Yeah, Come sometimes on. you don't know. <laughs> we don't have screens in front of us where we can just like, hey, screen right. <laughs> Hold up. I got something. Wait, wait. Hold up. He came from... This still doesn't tell me. <laughs> this still doesn't tell as, me. <laughs> as we proceed, give you what you need. Okay, please. Did you find it? I still don't find it either. <laughs> oh my goodness! But anywho, um, <laughs> oh, really I think it's the first time we've actually like searched something. Like, hey, hold up, hold <laughs> up. Find let's it. finish that take. <laughs> oh, I think it was like Wake Forest or something. Okay. I think it was Wake Forest because. They play NC State all the time. So that's a ACC team. I think it was Wake Forest. Because I remember when they played, he had two interceptions when he played uh, with Wake Forest against NC State. And they say, oh, NC State got his number. Okay. Now we got the Rain Man yeah. brain going. <clears throat> okay. I am. I became a fan of Hartman. That man can stand in a pocket. I don't know what he did in a transition from Wake Forest to, <laughs> to Notre Dame. But he's playing like he's has, like he's has like gold in his veins, ice in yeah. his veins. Like he stood in there, he delivered a couple of times. He was he was accurate. I mean, obviously not. He didn't have these crazy numbers because oh, I say defense is pretty, pretty good. But I became a fan. But McCord, bro, he showed us that he can play big time minutes and he can he can deliver. What a gutsy call on that goal line. 
Uh, I I really thought they were gonna do a dumb play and do like a a, a rollout or something like that. But they was like, you know what? We're gonna stick to the running game. The running game's been working with Henderson, 104 yards, get you a touchdown. So yeah. that's how they scored both times, running the ball. So I love the play call. And I thought it was going to get cute with it, but they did not. But this game, I was biting my nails the whole time. I was like, <laughs> bro, how do you keep Westcom under wraps? Marvin Harrison Jr., they kept him under wraps. Obviously, I think he got hit really bad. I can't remember. He got hit pretty bad, but they kept him under wraps. But all these other guys start eating. So, yeah. Absolutely, bro. I'm this a fan of Hartman. Game. Yeah. Yeah, this was a good game. Absolutely. Um, and, and now getting to to our um, most intriguing week five game. Um, for me, LSU Ole Miss is a really <laughs> intriguing one because LSU, they were coming off of a, of a you know, they've had an impress, impressive offensive performance against Mississippi State. Ole Miss mm-hmm. had a loss against Alabama. So both teams are kind of coming off two different, um, you know, outcomes. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Some Both teams have had really overachieved in games and then underachieved in certain games. So I think that contrast is going to be really interesting to see because the SEC West, it's it's going to be a competitive, really competitive division this year, um, and and it really it's it, it's it's going to be one of those those years where we really see it's going to come down to one or two games as always, but specifically this year because Alabama, even though they did beat Ole Miss, this is not the same Alabama team that we're accustomed no. to seeing that's just overly no. dominant. Um, but to you, what is your like most intriguing Week Five game? It's a uh, it's a bunch of them. This week is is stacked again. Yeah, I got Utah, Oregon State. Oh yes, Cam Rising might be coming back this game. They're going to start him. Is he going to be ready? What they're going to do? What's the game plan? Because these past you know past four games they've been doing a dual like going with two quarterbacks, one dual threat quarterback, one guy who stands in the pocket and delivers. So. I, I'm not sure if they're going to be ready to get him acclimated or how will they do that? Are they going to slow play it? And then Oregon State is playing great football. They've been looking good. That running game, that passing game has looked really well on machine. So Utah's number 10. They got a lot to lose. And then you you, go, you come down to Kansas and Texas. I think this is my number one game. We, Makai, I talked to Makai about this uh, several times that Texas yeah. is not back. Kansas look good. They're finally into the top 25 where they should have already been in the top 25. We know this as a, as a basketball team, but the secondary has played great. Five interceptions in the first five games. They're looking really good. The front seven looks good. I think the quarterback situation is still kind of rocky, but I think they can go toe-to-toe with Texas. Obviously, Texas played Baylor. Baylor quarterback situation is not that good. I thought it was going to be a better game because it's a rival. So right. I think this is going to be a better game for them. And then last but not last but least, not least. Notre Dame Duke. Uh, I'm still high on Duke. I think Duke is obviously we they surprise teams already. They're they're gonna surprise some more. Notre Dame coming off the loss, big game versus Ohio State. Yeah. Can Hartman come back and get a, a get a W, excuse me, get a W for his team? Can this running game continue to work with mm-hmm. the with the big guy? I think this game is gonna be really well. They they match up well on paper. Yes. Uh so very even, very evenly matched. This is gonna be a good one. But I like I said, I'm becoming a fan. I'm probably gonna be watching this game. And then, you know, my my Gators play Kentucky. I'll probably awesome. try to, you know, dual threat this, <laughs> like, this hey, three. Hey. <laughs> Put it both of them out there. But yeah, I'm I'm becoming a fan of Hartman, man. He's he's a he's a decent quarterback. I think he'll get drafted probably fifth or sixth round. The most chaotic watching experience is when I'm watching one game on my computer, then I got the iPad. 
and then the TV. I'm like, I got to I got to stop doing this. You don't know which one. Yeah, you don't know what I'm looking at. I'm like, oh, and then you got the volume up on one of them, and you're like, no, I don't want that one. Yeah, exactly. I don't want that one. Put the volume on this one. That's hilarious. Um, and, and now get into um the the Canelo uh, Jamel Charlo middleweight title fight this Saturday night. Obviously, um, Canelo uh, always is has, has has a big fight in September. Um, this this upcoming fight um is is uh is one where Charlo is moving up two divisions to face Canelo, and this is not the first time in in boxing history a fighter has done this. But Charlo right. does have the height advantage against Canelo, but is coming off a severe hand, hand injury, and Canelo yep. just as we know brings so much power pressure and can cut the ring off just just very well. Um, I, I'm still going to favor Canelo in this in this fight. Um, the height advantage is going to be interesting because we we have seen that that has been something that's him, that's tempered Canelo in some fights, but overall he's been able to to um, shield it off. What stands out to you in this fight? And also, just you know, Canelo is getting older, but I still feel yeah. as though he's just that he still can pull off great great performances, great fights. Um, knows how to. To, to not do too much in the ring and just, and just still have that 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 balance and, and speed with the power. Um, what what stands out to you the most in this, in this match? So um, one of my concerns is for Charlo, like when he he's going up two waves, obviously he's getting more muscle mass. Is he going to be as quick as he was in the other other uh, weight class? Is he can he sustain that quickness because he's going to need it? Like you said. Uh, Canelo loves cutting the ring off. He loves pressure yeah. fighting, but he can he could counter as well. So he, I, I want I don't know if that's going to be a factor. Is he going to have that same speed? But I do think Charlo has great IQ as a boxer. I think he's gonna. I think he will be able to adjust. But my concern for Canelo, if he comes out like the the previous fight that he, sh- I think he lost. When we was just like Canelo didn't didn't look like himself. I don't oh, know the, if they the went, last one. Last one he won. I think it was the one um, the heavyweight. It was one. before the before that one. He did. Yeah. He just didn't yeah. look like himself. The guy was just the guy wasn't doing anything special. I can't forget his name. But Canelo came out, you know, soft. He didn't. He wasn't countering like he was. Like it was something about him that was was off. If he comes out soft and weak, I think Charlo is going to be able to. Uh, take advantage Dimitri of the first Bavol. couple of rounds. Yes, Dimitri yes, Bavol, yeah. yes, yes. He's going to be able to capitalize on the first couple of rounds because Canelo is a guy who likes takes round two first. The first two rounds is set the pace. He's the pace setter in all most of his fights, is, except Triple G. They go at it all the time. Those was a, that was a good uh, series. Still, but, still, still that that first fight. I still um, first yeah, two rounds. I still I still like to rewatch because those man, those were yeah. some good fights. Really they were going fights. back and forth, a lot of adjusting. I have never yeah. seen two boxes adjust as much bro, in elite, this century. Elite yeah. adjusting. <laughs> it was insane. Like a masterclass, bro. Um, and I'm gonna say this: Terrence Crawford. He has mentioned there's there's one fight he really wants coming up, and it's he wants a Canelo fight. That would I don't know if that's gonna happen, but that would be won't. man. That would be spectacular, though. That would really be spectacular, bro. I think boxing is running out of people to fight. <laughs> Crawford Canelo would do massive numbers, man. They're Crawford running Canelo. out of they're running out of people to to fight each other, bro. <laughs> Crawford's gonna Crawford's gonna fight a vending machine next, bro. <laughs> think no, about he's gonna it. gonna fight a rope. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Who do Keep we want in. Gervonta Gervonta to fight? Probably Shakur Stevenson, right? That's that no. fight still hasn't happened. Or Devin? No. Who, who do you want? Who do you want Javante to fight? 
There's nobody Devin else Haney? that can beat him. No, Devin Haney's not ready. He's not ready. <laughs> he should have lost his he last fight. <laughs> bro, you got picked apart. They 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 saved you, bro. He was countering you he like clearly crazy, lost that bro. fight. He clearly yes, lost that he fight. did. Yes. Yes. I can't you stand know. the fights. I can't stand the fights where it gets a decision and you know who won the fight, but they Bruh. it's like, are y'all like insulting my intelligence? <laughs> right. We know what y'all doing, bro. Y'all try to keep him up so yeah. boxing nah, can be relevant. Yeah, bro. He got picked apart. He was getting wobbled the whole fight. How does man. the guy you beat look better than you do when you get out of the <laughs> He literally looked like he was hurt. <laughs> It at all. But they probably snuck him an extra extra cash cash envelope like, like we, hey, know you, we know you we know you won, bro. Here we go, bro. <laughs> we know this you for really boxing, it, bro. <laughs> but I don't know. I'll I'll take Shakur Stevenson over Devin Haney any any yeah. day. But I mean, I don't think anybody can beat beat Tank right now, bro. Nobody want to get to the fire to to fit to find that out. Do you think he's going to like fight near the end of the year or do you think he's going to come back like beginning of uh, beginning of next year? Cause he he fought like this, this yeah this this past year he fought in January then came back in April like do you think he's probably gonna do that again? Yeah, there's there's no one out there. Yeah, the two guys that we're talking about can't beat him. They're not on his level. Deb Haney's definitely not on his level. Oh gosh, that would be easy work. <laughs> <laughs> easy work, bro. But the That's Shakur the, one, the Shakur one would be more. It'll, it'll be, be inter- it'll be interesting, but I don't yeah. think he has enough. He has enough power to beat. Because if you're gonna beat Tank. You have to get him when he's in the fire trying to figure out what you do yeah. during the fight. That's how he adjusts. Like He loves like putting himself in harm's way to figure it out. If you're going to beat him, you got you to gotta get him then. Like You can't let him figure you out. Obviously, you can watch all the film you want, but once you get in the ring and feel like the timing of everything, once he gets your timing and that, that triggers that he figures out Kaka's like what I'm going to do. That's what Calvin Ford says. That's, that's what his trainer says. He's just calcul. He's just he's just downloading the data. He's yes. just downloading the data. That's what he does. He's that type of fighter who's willing to get in the heat to, to calculate and download that data and use it against you. And you think you're beating him. You're thinking you're winning. Okay. Everybody, I'm gonna be like Ryan Garcia going down around two. Right, bro. <laughs> Came out of and nowhere. Everybody else, everybody else, like he was. Uh, I forgot the one fight. It was like we beat you. He was like, man, shut up. He was talking to his West Coast, and then he knocked him out the sixth round on the ropes because he was doing that all the whole entire fight. He was just learning what you're doing, bro. He's yeah, just man. calculating the data. Such like, a smart fighter. Such yeah, a smart fighter. you gotta beat him then. You gotta you gotta touch him then. There's nobody that really touch Tank in a minute. Like, like, touched him, touched him. Like, made him like, oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to do that again. No. Nah. So, how far do you see the, the so, for, for the Canelo Char- Charlo, do you think it's going to be a decision one, or do you think Canelo takes him out, like, ninth, ninth or tenth round? How, how do you see this one going? Mm, I, I see, feel like this, he's going to take him out ninth round. See, this one I couldn't figure out, because Canelo really doesn't knock people out. True. Not recent. Like, I mean, maybe like after the Floyd Mayweather fight, he got better. He learned how to counter and then he was knocking a couple people up. Like the Triple G series and the series, the, the couple fights he had, he hasn't knocked anybody out. He's went to decision. He's not that type of fighter anymore. He's like literally like Floyd Mayweather, IQ of boxing, yeah. knowing how to how to get points, knowing how to survive and countering. Like he's not gonna, he's not going for the knockout. But if he fought, if that fight did happen with Bud, 
Oh, you better believe he gonna have to knock Bud out. I'm telling you, that's why that would be so intriguing. Because <laughs> Bud gonna outbox him. It's gonna be a Yo. good one. But no, I wouldn't even say that Bud will outbox him because both of them have high high Q, and we've seen how Canelo can adjust to different fighters during the fight. It would be one of the smartest fights we've ever seen. It yeah, it, it will. Yeah, it will be. I don't think anybody will knock each other out because it's not like. Canelo is a one one sided fighter. He's not just a pressure fighter. He's a counter as well. He pressure fight, he a counter, and then he'll take it to you. So it's a lot of things. Neither of them would go for it. Neither of them yeah, would, no. they would be too hesitant. They would be like, I gotta size you up, and they would be sizing each other up like through through twelve rounds. They'd be like, I'm not really gonna yeah. go for it. <laughs> but I think he'll well, I think they'll stay on toe to toe. Now that Bud showed that against um dang, I forgot his name. See? Errol Spence. But Errol Spence, who I was I thought was gonna- Oh yeah, you <laughs> Aaron Smith has got it. He's got it, man. <laughs> and I was, I like, was right. wrong. It's been a long. It was a long day that day too, bro. When I said that, so <laughs> those long days that. when you really get to take <laughs> off, man. I'm feeling. I'm. I'm. I'm feeling confident. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say anything. <laughs> um, and, and now getting to our to our first album review with Doja Cat, Scarlet. Um, <clears throat> in, her, in her new album has has unique Excuse beats me. with each song differentiating from the regular stream of pop. Um, there's many themes in the project, such as, such as growth, self-love, and embracing oneself for their flaws. And I, I remember the, the the last time I think we reviewed a Do- Doja Cat Doja Cat album, um, you were like, uh, "Hey man, <laughs> I don't I didn't listen <laughs> I don't listen there." Um, and I'm I'm guessing it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to save it for the for the you know for the cast to say like, "Yeah, I didn't listen to that. I don't yeah. support her music." So when uh, again, I, when again, I, again, Doja Cat fans. He said it. He said it. <laughs> also, Pora, she's wearing demon stuff, and she's like, you know, you know, not with black. Like it's a bunch of stuff that I don't support. I don't give you airwaves. I don't. I don't do that. I don't support something I don't. I don't believe in. Or yeah, I'm not gonna give you no, the satisfaction. I'm not gonna put money in your pocket. <laughs> no sir. But I want to do that live so people know I'm yeah. not a fan of Doja Cat. She goes shave off her off her skull for all I care. She shave it off her eyebrows. Britney Spears. Yes. <laughs> she headbutted people. No, I'm joking. She ain't headbutted nobody. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> she look like she headbutt somebody though. Yo, you crazy. <laughs> Am I lying? She like she headbutt somebody. She does. She does. She does look like that. <laughs> She doesn't look like the type to, 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 to be the aggressor. <laughs> this is listeners, this, this is I'm look look, this is this is this is there's two times I really had to like carry carry the weight of the world on my shoulder. The seven review when Savon when when you literally for, forgot that we were reviewing seven. And I was like, hey man, so uh this is this is what the this is what happened in the movie. What'd you think about I don't even know why we did that. We needed like tr- me and tr- me and Trenton. Trenton lo- really likes seven. What we should do is like re-review that when all of us have seen it. That's what we should do with seven. Seven. I see bits and pieces of it. What's in the box? What's that's what's what in the box? I'm telling you, man. We yeah. just re-watch it and then all three of us can review it and we've like all seen it. They said Denzel was supposed to be in that movie, um, but he said it was too dark. I'm trying to that's think of how said. that would have been. Denzel and yeah. Brad Pitt in a movie. He just said it was too dark because it was Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, Will Smith was supposed to be in the Matrix too. That would have been weird. Who's doing Wild Wild West? Will Smith and Lawrence Fisher. <laughs> bro, that'd been weird, bro. Like his his tone, his voice. Like, nah, bro. I'm glad you didn't do it. <laughs> 
That's the best thing wait, they ever happened wait, to. Wait, it was that in Django. I'm pretty sure he he like yes. declined too. I he declined Django because he wanted it to be a love story. He was like, it would be the greatest black love story. Because <laughs> he was going to go save his wife and all that stuff. I mean, that would have been cool, but I like yeah. this better. I like Jamie. He's able to, yeah, I like Jamie because he brings the, the comedy to it. And then, yeah. But even Tarantino had trouble with <laughs> Jamie Foxx playing a role. So, but no, I think it Good came out Tarantino. Well. Yeah. yeah, Tarantino is a is Got a, one more a film. writer. Got yeah, one more, one more film. Yeah. I still haven't seen Inglorious uh, Bastards yet. Oh, we got I, it. That's another one we got to I keep for. seeing the clips, but I haven't. You know, it, it takes me a while to just like want to just like watch something. Wait, wait, I don't know. What, what's what's the next one we should review a trend? Inglorious Bastards or, or Seven? Which one do you want to do? You do Inglorious Bastards? Probably Inglorious. Yeah, that's Inglorious. Because I, I keep seeing the uh, I videos of Tarantino saying how hard it was to... Uh, get the 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 German guy, yeah, cast. So he went with I for, keep forgetting his name. He's such a great actor. He was in Django. Oh, and he was he was also with Inspector. Yes, he was also with Inspector as well. Yes, yeah. yes. One so of the last James Bond movies with Daniel Craig. No, that was good. All right, I'm guys. I'm sorry, Doja Cat. Okay, I'm gonna get my review. Doja Cat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, go yeah. ahead. I've been Doja talking Cat. about the Doja, Doja Cat. <laughs> But I mean, to, to, when I when I when I listen to it, she obviously she's a very versatile artist. She has a lot of different pockets. She can go into like it can be up tempo songs, it can be slower pace. Um, and and I get like she's she has the star potential in a lot of she she can make a lot of hits. But at 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 the at some point, I feel as though with the fan base and with the the drama, like because we talk about certain artists when they have negative publicity outside of the music, because I don't think the sales were as good. As it like her last album, I think sometimes that can bring down the the hype of the and there there was there were quality songs in this project. I just I really hope she can start to understand like the public perception does matter for you yeah. as an artist. Remember when Con- when Kanye's public perception went down, people were like, "Oh, like he's not the same guy. He's not the same beloved artist that 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 we had." So um, that's something I, I hope with Doja she can kind of she can kind of balance because. So many, so many of these tracks. I'm like, yo, she actually does have talent. She has skill. I just wish she could be that, have that that uh, better decision making outside of the yeah. music. You know, maybe I mean? she that should be in them. chat room with racist. Oh, um, maybe she should wear the things she wears and say the things she says. That simple. <laughs> save Savon's corner. Savon's corner. When, when, whenever, whenever Savon, I'm just gonna Savon's corner. Savon's corner. Hey man, <laughs> I I knew you would like it. I mean, cause you see the good in people. I, you know? I, I honestly am too op- <laughs> I'm too optimistic sometimes. <laughs> I really am. Say if I keeps it real, I'm the one who's like, come on, man, you gotta give him a shot. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not saying she's not a bad artist. It's just I'm not gonna, you know. Listen to her music. Promote her, listen to a gear Airways, nothing like that, man. Is there any other artists you're like uh, when they drop something new, you're like, I'm not like a like they're they're saying Kanye might drop a new surprise album. Are you gonna just be like, nah, I'm not listening? If it's like Donda, no. You know, I didn't like Donda. No, it was not, bro. I forgot who who reviewed it with Maurice. Maurice, Maurice, we're doing the CLB and Donda. Yes, bro. I didn't get. He said I didn't get past like number eight. I didn't get past number three. It was it wasn't good, bro. It it wasn't good to me. CLB definitely was the better album. Oh, for sure. CLB is starting to. Be, I won't say a classic. Climbing up the ring. Yeah, he's doing that thing some, again. 
He always says it. He always says it. Just give it time. I like CLB when it first came out. Like it has some some great tracks on there. I mean, is it wrong for me to say I think Views Views is a classic? I think Views is a classic. I think it is, bro. Now you say it's a classic. No, I'm just saying. Like (laughs) now, you and Reese, you and Reese, bro. Y'all was talking about, oh, some of them songs should have never been on the album and all that stuff. I was wrong about Fire and Desire. <laughs> I was wrong about Fire and Desire. I yes, was wrong. You were. I'll admit You're it. You're wrong about Summer Interlude, too. That's a freaking great yeah. song, bro. Wow. Transition wow. into Fire and Desire. Yeah, wow. Views. Wow. Yeah, bro. Views is a classic, bro. From, bro, like, man, keep the family close. That's how you start something. I didn't. The only song all of I my did, let's like, just be friends. Our friends oh, I don't have anymore. It's so hard. I'm. I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna be real with you. Let's just be friends. Like, I, I live that. Right, <laughs> bro. Like it hits home, bro. Like feel no ways, bro. Come on, bro. Like this has a back. Look, I'm doing play. it again. Child's play. <laughs> Why you gotta fight with me at cheesecake? Cheesecake. <laughs> oh, I love to go there. Hey, man. We're doing it again. We're it's, doing it again. Okay. We'll, we'll just, it's a drink hey, effect. <laughs> October sixth. October sixth. <laughs> That's next week, bro. That's Yo, crazy. That is. <laughs> October is literally next. <laughs> Um, and now get into it to our next review with, with Leon Thomas, Electric Dusk. Um, in his new album, you know, there's profound lyricism and, and weaving of artificial and natural and natural instrumentation, incorporation of just sonic elements traditionally viewed as out of R&B's wheelhouse. Um, this was an album I really enjoyed a lot. I love the production in it. Um, I believe it was like 12 or 13 songs, um, con- concise project. He he really knows to me. He really knows how to weave. Like, like I said, the traditional, but also the more modern sounds of R&B for production. And I, and I think he's, he's as a debut album, I believe this, yeah, this, as a debut album, I, I think the, the future is really bright for him. And he, he can just continue to even skyrocket off a project like this. Um, wh- what were your initial takeaways of this and, and kind of like how it sounded to you overall? At first, it, it got me. Um, like the first couple of songs and I'm like, uh, it, it went into a ram I'm, I'm not particularly a fan of. I thought... He was going to stick to like the first song. I'm like, okay, all right. This is yeah. why people ask you to write songs and all this stuff. Okay, yeah, all right. And then it Good got to, writer. I was like, yeah. And I was like, maybe if you, I think, I think he was trying to get a, a different fan base, his first album and try to, cause everybody knows him as writing RB songs and some pop songs. So I think he wanted to, as his individual artist, go into a different genre of music which is cool but i'm just not a fan of that type of music i think it was really good the lyrics were really good you can tell why he's been so successful and i think he has like you said with about um what's that girl name uh doja cat doja cat he's very versatile and and i think he has a lot of range and i think his biggest asset in is his writing ability so I love the concept. I love the first couple of songs, but it just it just dived into something. I thought the Ty Dollar Sign was gonna go back to more of an R and B type vibe, yeah. but it was it was a little more. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. I had a lot of expectations for that one. I had a lot of expectations for that. Yeah, one. I thought he was gonna be on the hook. It's gonna be like a banger, but it went into the. You know the formula. You know the formula with the R and B uh, Ty Dollar Sign feature. Just put him on the hook. Just yeah, Ty Dollar Sign feature Ty Dollar Sign. It's gonna go. <laughs> This that was literally hold on. That literally was an album title. <laughs> hey, he's so funny, bro. 
Somebody, you know, everybody talking about I'm better on features. Well, Ty Dolla Sign featured Ty Dolla Sign. How about that? And we were like, nah, we need you just on features and yeah, not a full album of you. No, bro. You're <laughs> not, not like a that. full album guy, bro. You're a feature guy. You're you're the new T-Pain. That's what, <laughs> that's what we need. Because every, every hook you get on, it's a masterpiece. But you're, what T-Pain, if individual music was really good as well. But yeah. he just changed the whole concept and whole listenability to songs because he was on the hook. But anywho, yeah, I thought this was going to be a more of an R and B, but it obviously kind of wanted more from it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I wanted something I can listen to. This is not something I listen to all the time. Like I don't have this type of genre in my my library, so it's kind of different for me. Um, and now getting to our next review with Coco O's uh, sharing is caring. Um, the lyrics in this new album are, are heartfelt and relatable. The musical arrangements create a great atmosphere. Overall, there's a mesmerizing blend that can captivate any listener. Um, I, obviously, we've reviewed her past few singles. Um, and there was something about about this this project um, that really just, I think it flowed, it flowed better than the singles individually did. I was like, man, this is like a smooth listen. And it's just... I don't know what it is about when a single, when singles are put on an album, it's just, it's just so different. Yeah. And you can see, oh, this is where she was trying to go with it. It just wasn't a single, like we said, it wasn't a single song. She wasn't dropping single songs. She was just dropping album songs. Uh, what did you think about this, this project overall and just kind of the direction of it? Yeah, I loved it. Um, thought it was a, a nice yes. vibe. It was yes. a different, this is the type of music I will listen to. I have multiple artists like her in my library. Yeah, I know you listen to some of that's weird. Like why you don't got the other albums in your library? Because it's my music, my library. Get off, Get, his off Get off his take. Get off yeah. his take. Get off his take. I mean, no, I thought it was a vibe. <laughs> 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 I thought this was a good vibe. The, the writing was there. The music was there. She has a nice voice. Writing was impeccable. No. Sharon is caring. I love the title. I love the concept. Um, I think we re- reviewed Process, her last, I think it was her last yeah. album. Yeah. And I thought, oh, it's a process. And I thought that was very, I think this was a step up. I thought this was step to the night direction. I don't know if you feel the We're same way. We're on the way. same this, page. We're on the same page, yeah, I think bro. it was a step up. This she was improvement. Improved. Yeah. Yes, this so, was improvement. I love to see that in an artist as you improve. I mean, she has a formula that works for her and she just, you know, tweaked that formula to, to make it even better project and album and as well as keeping the whole concept ability that she has as an artist i think yeah she and we talked about this too when we did uh reviewed it that she's gonna be one of those indie artists for a while low low artists because of her style and the music that she has i think i mean i think that's where she wanted to be i think that's what i said if i'm not mistaken to me you know how yeba had the yeba's heartbreak um interlude Yeah, I think Coco O one day can have like her own interlude and like and blow really up. blow. I think I think she's just one feature away from blowing up. I really do. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but um, I mean if it does happen, I'm gonna take credit for it because I said it tonight. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I I do I don't know if you feel the same way, but I do think she has that potential to like really just go off on a two minute interlude. She feels I feel like she has that voice and capability. Maybe not the same, not that maybe not the same as yeah, Yeba, bro. Yeba's heartbreak is just it's 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 Yeba's voice song. is oh, so gosh, distinguished, bro. bro. I think Coco's I is it's a unique voice, but Yeba's is like distinguished. Maybe more feature, maybe more of a feature on a on a track. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know who she would could feature on that that would make her, you know, have that breakout like Yeba did, because I mean it's Drake and you were able to get on his album. And then people knew of her. 
even prior before, to that. Yeah, yeah, prior to that. So Coco's was, just not that that same. Yeah, she's not that big just yet. I don't think it's going to take a more of a bigger marketing approach to to be able to spring her forward in the industry. But I, don't, yeah. I think that's what she likes. I mean, she probably can still go to the grocery store. She can still do like the simple things. Yeah. <laughs> She probably is like, she hey. looks like she goes to Whole Foods, bro. <laughs> Yo, she has that. Look. <laughs> I'm me. sorry, I'm sorry. She has that. Look. <laughs> she definitely like she goes to Whole Foods Saturday mornings, baby. Yeah, yeah. And she yeah. ubers. She oh, ubers. she she definitely. <laughs> she doesn't drive. She doesn't believe in it. She, she just, just ubers. For that. <laughs> man, we're in a silly mood. <laughs> Oh man! Um, and now getting to our, to our last review of Destiny Rogers, "Save My Love." Um, in this new single, which was was produced by Cap collaborators, the Grammy Award winning songwriter production duo, The Stereotypes, um, Rogers' soulful pop pop vocals take center stage, and and the track really sets the tone. And she's now gearing up for the release of her eagerly awaited um, debut album. I, I like this this track a lot as something to build up the the um, process for an album. I think. You know, there's room for improvement, but but it's it's a it's a smooth listen to me, and I like what I'm intrigued to see how this album sounds from her because I'm like there's something there, but I, I really want to see it like we said in a full process and in, in, in a full in a full album um, laid out. Um, what were your kind of initial thoughts on this? I don't even know if you know the, knew this artist before I put it. Down. No, no, never heard of her. Um, that was a typical pop song. It was a it was a smooth listen. Uh, I think it was a typical pop song. Nothing yeah. too spectacular about it. The writing was simplistic. The, I mean, the that's kind of what you need for a single. That's kind of what yeah. you need for a single. I think it's a single song. Yeah, that's sure. what I'm saying. She, I mean, she, yeah. she checked that. She checked that. Checked. Oh yeah, we always see. No other podcast does this. Full scope started it first. Is it a single song or yeah. is it an album song? But I think definitely it's a single song. It's a typical you know pop song. But like you said, I want to see if she can break out and do things differently within pop with the album. I think it all comes with the concept and her ability to be versatile with her music. Yeah. But yeah, this was, this was a good listen. Typical pop song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and before we go to break, obviously you, you weren't here for the last episode when we did um, the, uh, some, a couple of reviews, but obviously the Drake and SZA one, the slime you out, that was one that, that we were, were talking, mentioning um, and kind of just to reiterate what I said on the last episode. I, I yeah, I know what you're about to do. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> He's so dramatic. I know what you're about to do. It was a thumbs down for you, but I, I think I think on the album it's it's going to be. I think it's going to work on the album. I still yeah. I still I still am holding out on that. I think it's going to flow well. I think there there are some R and B tracks that can lead in it to even take it to a different level. But um, what were your? Do you feel as though because it's so? I feel like Drake is Drake plays a different game. He's like anything I I drop is going to go one. But now I want to just hey I'm gonna give you the teaser. I said this is the old Drake. I want to make you make you know that it that it possibly could be the old Drake. W- what did you think about this? So we talked about this when we couldn't do the podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, you said it was going to place at number six on the album. I said number four. I think it's early, it's early in the album. Yeah. Um, but I do think this was a not a single song. This was a album song that, like you said, it will probably be you know, flow well within the album and give the, the album some context. But as an individual track, we talked about, I thought SZA should have went first and then Drake could have came in with his, his real trying. He get an E for effort because we haven't heard Drake really, really try to sing in a long time. Like he really tried Since to Since care sing. package. Since care package. 
Yes, bro. It's his care package. I care package club like days. Well, hold up, days in the east was on there. Club oh, Paradise, care package. yeah, club, oh. yeah. Club, when he did that compilation, he that compilation. wasn't really like singing. Eat of, he was eat like, of the moment. Eat of the moment. He was even oh, singing. Eat you know of what the mean? moment. I, I love really eat of the moment. Yeah, this is a great track. But <laughs> I ain't sorry. really like singing, singing. <laughs> I get what you're saying. though. I get what you're saying too, though. Like his that I don't think that's like really singing, singing. But he like really tried to be an R&B artist right there and there. Um, I just I just thought SZA should have went first to set the tone. And I think her verse would have gave a, a different element of the track. And then you add the addition of Drake and then let yeah. him finish. I just thought I, like how, good. I, I really like how he I really like how he finished though. I think how he finished yeah. that was like it was that a was good dope. finish. That was a it was a finish. good finish. But I think Scissors should have started. Maybe it would have been a different song. And we talked about this too, but a lot of artists putting features first. Like I talked about Drake going first on Golden Roses. How about him going first on um No uh, Guidance? With, no guidance. It's yeah. a bunch of other artists. Kendrick Lamar going first. On the, it's a bunch of other artists that it just gets you a set the tone because I didn't have any expectations for it. But as soon as he started like singing, singing, and I heard the mix and the master and how they try to tweak it as much as they could, and I was just like, okay, no, they. Scissors what did you think about first. the production? What did you think about the production on this? I thought it was impressive. The beat was dope, but I thought yeah. with his with his mastering, I thought it could it, they try as much as they always do with his with his vocals yeah. to try to like like really tighten it up tighten so it, it up. sounds yeah. so it sounds a certain type of way, but you can't negate that he really can't sing, and that's why I was like, <laughs> like he can hold a tune. Like I'm not taking like like I what you're uh, saying. Yeah. Caught, like doing him wrong. Oh yes. Like that's him really trying to sing, but it wasn't as like stressful as this track. That's simple. That's not like going out so very simple. He was he was really trying to sing, bro. Like he like he drunk a lot of his whiskey and went into the studio. Forty forty grabbing the bottle. Oh, Nico, 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 Nico. You know you gotta get the low drink. What do you think? You think I should really sing on it? He should have rapped on it. Chubbs. What, what's the Chubbs. Move? Hey, what's the word? The... <laughs> Uh-oh. <What's the> word? <laughs> He's Can you hear me? Back. Okay, yeah. I'm back. Yeah, I think Scissor should have went first. Um, hopefully, it gels well with the other albums. I'm not, I mean, other tracks on the album that it flows yeah. well, but... We can wait. I wasn't a wait. fan, yeah. Next week, next Wednesday. Yes, sir. That's a weird day to drop a... No, it's not, is it Wednesday? Yeah, it's, no, it's October 6th. Wednesday. Well, there's no way that's. A... Oh, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I was about I'm to tripping. say that's a Friday. The Wednesday drop. <laughs> that's a Friday. All right, I'm tripping. Dropping <laughs> it up on hump day. Okay. I don't need to do Friday. Yeah, I'm, that's my bad. I looked at I'm, the wrong day. I'm dropping while they work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but um, one more thing. The Nas Nas um. Nas Magic Three. There were some other albums we were going to talk about. Diddy, Cleo. So, were there any ones this past uh, last Diddy. week? That... Yes, sir. Album yes, of the year. Unless Drake, unless Drake comes with fire, or anybody else comes with fire, Diddy got album of the year. Got that on lock. Hands down, hands down, bro. He just. We <laughs> talked about this off off the air. Like he's just a he's a musical genius as well he knows what to do this is this is not his first time i would love it. to see the behind the scenes of this album how it was created bro he I probably yelled it. at everybody he probably <laughs> it's a, it's a nightmare working with him but he's he's a, he's a genius with bringing people together yeah bringing music together knowing what people want to listen to like 
that one track with uh with I mean not Wiz with um Lil Wayne. Let him run though. Let him run though. Like he had a hand in that. Like, bro, that's people like so yeah, his album of the year, unless Drake or Kendrick and Baby Keem drop something at the tail end of the year. Until then, he got album of the year. That's a Grammy. That's a man. That is a Grammy album, bro. And I just want to say, like, yeah, because the funny thing I was about to say was when I told you about it, you were like, oh, okay, cool. He's a weirdo. (laughs) But man, you cannot deny the masterclass he put together with this album. I have not been able to stop listening to this. This is an incredible project. Five stars, five stars. He's going to get a Grammy. He's going to say something crazy on stage. (laughs) But this, this this was phenomenal. This was phenomenal, man. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our Snowpiercer review. Welcome back to the show. Now we're getting into our Snowpiercer review. And to start the overview, this is a 2013 post-apocalyptic science action um, film directed by Bong Joon-ho, written by Bong and Kelly Masterson. Um, The film stars Chris Evans, Song Kang-ho, Jamie Bell, and Ed Harris. And um, this film is about a lower class kill section passengers as they rebel against the elite of the front of the train. Um, this had a budget of 40 million, brought in 86.8 million to the box office, also had a 94% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And, you know, this is one of those films, you know, like you, you, you had recommended it. It has really good filmmaking. Um, the social care commentary is at an extremely high level. They're trying to yeah. give you an uh, indication of something that, that happens in society. Um, but with it being so contemplative, and visually impressive. What were your initial thoughts of it? Man, I I wrote it off. You know, I watched it with a friend. He recommended it. He was like, man, have you seen this before? It was on Netflix. I was like, nah. I was like, um, Chris Evans in it, so I'll watch it. You know, I'm, I like Chris Evans even before he was with, he became Captain Marvel. America. Yeah. Yeah. Before even that, I thought he was a good actor. But watching it at first, I'm like, okay, they're a Belgian. And then it like, it got into the nitty gritty of it. Took off. I thought, yeah, bro. It took off. It was a, I didn't, I was so glued to the screen. I was on the edge of the seat. No lie. This film really, I love how it was shot first and mo- first and foremost. It, the scenery doesn't change. Like I love films that are able to captivate a story with one setting. They're yeah. on a train. Like there's, that's, it's extremely hard to get that, that many uh, angles mm-hmm. of a story and one develop location. characters in one location and be able to, uh, you know, character develop that quickly within the storyline. I mean, obviously it's a two hour long uh, film, but I think it did, it, it did a great job describing things, unveiling a lot of things, keeping your eye on the screen and then just your draw just drops. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. And then how it ended, I was like, okay, there has to be another one, but there's nothing in the, the yeah, works. Nothing and in the this hall. is 2013. <laughs> like, that's, it. <laughs> that's it. But I, I mean, it was, you know, I was like, why would it just, it's just two people that's never been off the train just saw a polar bear and they're just like, Oh yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> if I see a polar bear, I'm getting back on the train, brother. I don't care if it's or not, but nah, great film, bro. First thoughts, I'm like, man, this is a chaotic but beautiful film. Yeah, and that's the chaos of it is something that stands out because, like you said, um, we we see many movies where okay, there's multiple locations, multiple things done, but actually being able to get what they got done in one location 
that was that was really the most impressive overachieving aspect of it. Like, do you feel as though Bong Joon Ho like he really wanted to he really wanted to master something that was different and not just like a typical hey we're going to have multiple multiple places we're just really going to like lock in in one setting. I'm sure I'm sure that that was a thought because I mean this can get expensive if you do multiple. Um, shots and in, in, in sights or whatever. So it was like, okay, if we can do just one stationary place, a train is always moving, it's always something happening on a train. So we can do the different stages of the right. plot of the characters to be able to unveil so many things about these characters in the plot, the whole ensemble of the storyline. So I think it obviously took that into the account and just ran with it and made it so impactful I don't yeah. think, and this, I think this is before Simon's 2013. That's, you know, nobody was really using one site to shoot um, a movie. It may be indie film, but this is yeah. definitely not an indie film. This was, had some big heavy hitters in here, um, yeah. as you mentioned before we started talking about these topics. But yeah, I think he definitely took that into account. And I think he mastered before the time of using a one site to bring out a storyline, characters, the whole nine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and now getting to our first topic from one of four stars, what would you give it? Um, yeah, you know, th- I think this this was a four star film. I think it was really good, um, high speed. Um, there was just a, com- a complex narrative that was delivered, and and it, and it just had this very good cur- um, character development with, with yeah. so ma- so many people in, in, in the movie. Um, to you, from one of four stars, what would be your rating? Four. And I was I was kind of surprised. I looked at all these other sites; they was giving it, you know. Out of five stars, it was given like three and a half. And I was like, man, this is a a movie that I think doesn't have any blemishes. You can't nitpick out this film to me. There's so many things. Like, everything was answered. You didn't know all these things that were unveiled were coming, especially yeah. when we thought, um, what's his name? Nangun Minsu was like snorting all the stuff, but he was trying to make a bomb. We didn't yeah, know that didn't know was that. coming. Mm-hmm. Didn't, I didn't know that I was like, hey, he just really the crackheads, bro. A lot of crackheads <laughs> do anything. But they're great guys, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Always good upstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so we didn't see that coming. So there was a lot of things that um you were able to like be glued to the screen and yeah. like, oh my gosh, and your eyes always got big at certain moments. And then it had comedy in it too. So it's had every, sure. we, we like, you like movies that check boxes and then definitely had like stints of comedy in there, especially when they're, well, we, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. <laughs> no, four, stars. <laughs> four stars. Um, four stars. <laughs> and now getting into uh, the favorite character, um, I would go with Curtis because, you know, he, yeah, he really had to hold together for, hold things together for a lot of scenes of the film and was the guy, you know, who the passengers depended on a lot. Um, to you overall, who was kind of your, your favorite character in this movie? I was going back and forth to two people. I had Tanya. Um, I really loved her character. And Namgoon Minsu. I'm probably yeah. butchering that. But those two characters stood out the most. One, Tanya was the only woman in there going crazy bonkers with him. Talking about, look, I don't care. I'm a woman. I'm not going to slow y'all down. She was in there going hell. I hate how she died, though, oh, which was terrible. I hate that. But that showed me the love for her son. Like, mm-hmm. like she'll do anything knowing what they was doing back there before they were, you know what I mean? When, yeah. Before we unveiled, like, oh, man. They used to have to hide the kids. So um, I thought her character was really good. And then uh, Namgoon Masoon, I thought his character, like, he was a bad but undercover, bro. Like, like, he was beating people up. He had a whole plan. 
he had he didn't know his wife, you know, and they a couple of people tried to escape and that's far as they got. And then yeah. he noticed little things like so his character was so uh, underrated, but they developed that character so under. Well. Yeah. Under the under the surface. And then it just brought it up like it's more to the is more to him than you think of this little drug. That's all we're going to show you. And, you know, what I'm saying so. I, I mean. Yeah, them two characters. I can't pick one. I mean, Curtis is the obvious. It's so one. close. Yeah, it's so close. Like, cause those yeah. two really were valuable. Really valuable, valuable assets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and before we move on to, to our next topic, um, I know you were mentioning how, um, with you, you said even with Chris Evans, even before the Marvel movies, you were still sold on him as a really good actor. Um, what do you impress impress you about him in this movie? And also, just like like you said, there's other movies he's been in besides the main box office yeah. Marvel movies and he does he does have an impressive um um body of work in terms of some of the movies he's been a, been a part of. You can tell the range. It wasn't it was like on a like a a displayed everywhere, but you could tell the the emotion, the range that he has as a as a actor, but yeah. it gets overshadowed because he plays this big um mogul of a character in Marvel. A lot of people don't understand Chris the Evans. movies. Yeah. Yeah. He has some range. He can get into the roles like Gray Man. Yeah. He was in that film. He was the bad guy. He had range. Right. In there. He can play different roles. He played in Cellular. I don't know you about that phone where the lady family got kidnapped and she had a broken phone and she tried to call the first number and she got Chris Evans and he was helping them get out of like that film was so dope and so underrated if you haven't watched it i, I think it's that. called cellular but yeah look it up i think you'll like it it's not like like uh, oh like five stars it's like mm-hmm. a what are it's like a two and a half, two and three, a half close to three but i think you will enjoy it because you can tell that he has that range he played in other films but i think he's underrated when it comes to showing his depth and what he can do with characters, especially yeah. when he unveiled everything and he sat there. It's just that emotion. We don't get to see that from him because of the movies that overshadow Marvel that overshadowed his other movies. Absolutely. Um, and I'll get into the most memorable scenes. I had uh, the ax battle uh, left or right. Mm-hmm. Um, the the mm-hmm. disorder speech, um, um, the the broken arm scene, also the fighting train uh, yeah. crash. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the fight and train crash as, as stands <clears> out <throat> at, at, a, at a lot of them, and there's real, a lot of good ones in this in this film. But but to you, what were some of the memorable scenes um, that that were standouts for you? There were so 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 many. I'll try to keep them to three. One, the scene when he unveiled when um, Curtis unveiled that they were eating kids and yeah. he, they were eating babies, and that he killed Edgar's mom. Yeah, and and then the dude that was in cahoots with Wilford gave up his arm so they can eat that. Yeah. Another one, when they found out what they were eating in the jail bars. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I would have been, oh, I would have been livid. And then um, the third scene is when to two unlikely people to survive, which is Tyan's son and Namgoon's daughter and they don't they've never been outside the train. They were yeah. born and all they know is the train. They get out into this new world. There's so much they have to learn, but who's yeah. going to teach them? So they got to So that scene really left a lot of cliffhangers that we are not probably won't even get. 
But I thought those three scenes stood out the most. There's some other ones, but yeah, when they was talking about it was eating babies and kids, and I was like, oh my goodness, like he killed. Yeah, so but the my best scene was when they they went dark. He was like, yeah, y'all got about to die. Oh yeah, start. that was the one. That was the one. Oh, they start goodness. going hell, bro. <laughs> that was a crazy scene, man. Yeah. Um, and, and now getting into most memorable quotes, I had uh, orders the barrier that holds back the, the flood of death. Also, my friend who's mm. suffering from the misplaced optimism of the doomed. Um, he won't come here. Also, Wilfred is divine. And then finally, I know the train. I can gear, guarantee you the safe passage. Um, to, to you, were there were there any quotes um, that you thought were the, were the best ones, or, or, or maybe um, the, the the most distinguishable? There, um, there weren't like some really like way profound. I think this is the first film that there weren't like, um, like, like one liners, like yeah. blew me away. Um, not really. I mean, it was, it was, it was good. I'm not the saying scenes. it was bad. The scenes yeah. were, were actually scene. supposed yeah. to be more. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was, it was good monologue. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't, it wasn't like some, like one line is like we normally yeah. listen and like you can pick out. So it wasn't I didn't really Tarantino think. dialogue. It wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> no, it wasn't heat. It yeah, wasn't, it wasn't heat. heat with, oh you goodness. know, Al Pacino and, and yeah. De Niro. Yeah. Like it wasn't like those. But I remember the scenes, and I think that makes me think some of these movies. I remember the quotes, but this movie, I more so remember the scenes and really what happened. I remember this movie from beginning to end. It's a two-hour film. Yeah. You know, it's funny how we always mention heat, bro. Like tw- twenty years from now, when when I if I if I if I ever have a son, I'm gonna tell him, hey man, like when he gets to that age, like the one film you gotta watch, heat. It's heat, bro. <laughs> you gotta watch it. Do you want to see the best scene of monologue in your oh, ever, life, son? Ever. <laughs> Nobody will ever touch that scene, bro. <laughs> Nobody. Ever. It is not even a a crazy scene. They're in a diner. World is going on around them. And they have the simplest conference conversation and icon. This is we you know how this special before. conversation just... is. Conversation is the most basic thing, but it also can be the most special thing, and especially yes. in the movie. It's so powerful, bro. Within that, you learn so much about those characters. Yes, man. It was, yeah, that's, that's a masterpiece. Yes, <laughs> really golden. Not nobody's going to top that. N- not at all. Um, and now getting into what did you like the most about the storyline? To me, as I was mentioning earlier, the commentary it had on. You know, the global socioeconomic structure was spot on and just, you know, fixing yeah. social inequality to, to destroy the very foundations of our society that have, you know, uh, kind of kind of been messed up in, in many aspects. I thought was um, really, really d- done in an extremely high fashion um, to you. Was there a particular element of this storyline uh, that you kind of like the most? Um, I like the way there was a sense of dying or succeeding and they understood that we've seen a lot of hierarchy movies like you know high class middle class low class we've seen a lot i think this was a different take on it and i think when you look at what they were doing on the in that in the back and most of the times we don't get who's ever in charge of the low class and the high class working together I thought that was a different element of the storyline. Yeah. I thought I was like, we never get it. it's always, you know, versus, but they're low-key working together, talking to each other without like without people knowing it. And yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I thought that was a, a different uh style to the storyline. But what I liked the most about it was man, they will do anything. This is not the first revolt. 
it's not they you know they tried no i think they got to the first car and then they got whatever but i love i love the way they pay attention to details in this storyline every character paid attention to so the details. details so yeah like when the lady said uh put that useless gun away and curtis was like it's no guns in the bullets there, there's no bullets in the gun there's no bullets in the guns. They was like, you sure? You sure? I was like, he was like, yeah. There literally one bullets in the gun. They start going crazy. So I love how every character paid attention to the detail and the character development within the storyline. But they they gave us a bit of different things that we normally don't normally see when we watch films that normally talk about hierarchy and the you know low class, middle class, high class stuff. Yeah, for sure. And, and before we get to our last topic, you know, Bong Joon Ho, he's obviously had the 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 one of my favorite movies of the last five years, *Parasite*. Um, he was he was able to pull that that pull that movie off, and then and then this this film as well. Like, could you tell? Like, if you hadn't known that he made *Parasite* and you watched both of those films back to back, would you have been able to tell? Like, yeah, this this he made those two movies. Like, did you see any similarities between like what he's done from you know that *Parasite* to, to this film? No, I didn't know that was the same director. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he's talented. He's talented, bro. He's got it. And got those were Parasite was 2019. 19. No, yeah, 2019. Ooh. Yeah. To yeah. be able to do that and ooh. Yeah. He's Parasite. I I don't think he should have won. Just throwing it out there. But I do think Parasite was a good film. Yes. And it's the same. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> He's got her back. <laughs> wow. Because it's it's this kind of similar storyline. Yeah. But it gives us different elements. The Parasite is only like a Korean, a Korean film. This one has yeah. obviously American different, uh, right. different races. But that just, I think the, the ethnicity was the only difference, but it still was kind of showing you some similar, a similar right. storyline. Yeah. And he was able to give different perspectives within similar storylines. And then... If I'm not mistaken, there was only one site they shot at. It was the house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The house. Yeah. Oh, he's he has mastered it. That's insane. I didn't he's, know he he's was the, the master of the one location. <laughs> bro, location. you know how hard that is? That is so tough, bro. How do you develop characters at one location? Man. I'm I'm yeah, I'm rewatching Parasites. <laughs> it's bro, that's go insane. Back. <laughs> yeah, that makes me want to go back and look to see if I find like uh, outside it's, it's, the it's been a while. It's been a while since I rewatched it, but I would be, I would be, I would be intrigued to to, to look back at that, see see what see what he did in that. Huh. <laughs> okay, that was yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's some similarities, but obviously he gives us a different perspective, different angle. Different yeah. site he shot at, and I think both were shot beautifully. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you, love, you 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 obviously love, and and was that one of the first things that stood out to you for Snowpiercer was how th- this film was shot? Yeah, 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 for sure. And then Parasite, like the first thing I noticed outside of storyline was like, oh, he's he's he knows angles, he knows how to tell the story through the lens. Yeah, and it's it's a difference to write a an incredible uh, a screenplay and have a credible storyline, okay. but if you can't shoot it. If you can't bring it to life not gonna through be the lens, it's not going to be anything. Yeah, there it's not going to be relatable and be like I, you know, what I'm saying because I my eyes were stuck to the glue. I mean, stuck to the screen for Parasite too. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh wow, 
Oh my goodness! You're not gonna you're not gonna be looking down at your phone. It's not one of those ways no. you're gonna be looking down at your phone. You're gonna be glued. Absolutely to not. You're gonna be glued. You're gonna be in. It's gonna unveil so many things that you because for me as a movie watcher, sometimes I can anticipate what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Parasite, I could not. Snowpiercer, I could not. Yeah, I, lo- I so, love films like films like that are yeah. so fascinating. They're so yes. fascinating. We don't get those are the few and far between ones. Um, and, and to close it out, um, to to ten years from now, will this still be watchable and intriguing? And I feel like this is one that a lot, maybe not a lot of people have heard about. You kind of yeah. have to like like we said, this is one of those dig into the vaults. Uh, really have to search for it. And, but I think if you do watch it, it's like Savon said, it's two hours, but you will be glued to it. It will have your attention if you give it if you give it a shot. And it's really one of those ones that even if you're if it's not your genre, it's going to be hard to not to not stay stay hooked onto it because it really right. does grab your attention from the jump. So, um, what do you think about the watchability of it? Even another decade from now, and, and particularly for the people who haven't really seen it and are and are unfamiliar with Bong Joon Ho's uh, catalog. Yeah, so I mean, it's on Netflix. Snowpiercer is on Netflix, like you said. Parasite is on HBO Max. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, the first five minutes you're going to be like, okay, whatever. Um, and I watched it at like 10 o'clock at night. Right. Oh yeah. I was late just watch. Like, yeah. We were just, it was after watching football. He was like, Hey man, have you seen this? So like, I, I, you know, I'm just, just watching the time I might leave. I don't know if I'm going to finish it. And then the first scene goes off, they put his arm through the, through the thing. And I'm like, okay. All right. All right. What a, it, certain, they, know, <laughs> right, they know a certain degree it is. So, if you like you said, if you give it a shot and be able to like sit there, you won't regret sitting there for two hours watching this film. There's some great actors in this film, and there's some underrated actors in this film too, like Octavia, Octavia Spencer, which she's a great actor. Oh my goodness, Mary. She has so much range and she, her eyes. Um, I don't matter what character she plays, she could play like um not hidden gems. Yeah, it was hidden gems, wasn't it? When she figures. was uh hidden. <laughs> Hey, well, listen. Hidden gems will be a great uh, EP. <laughs> Ooh, hidden gems. Oh my goodness, I got it. That gave me an idea. That gave me an idea for a lyric. <laughs> oh my goodness, bro. Thank you. Uh, hidden figures. Uh, uh, but yeah, just give it a shot. I think it has great watchability. You Did you ever watch the film shot. Ma? Did you ever watch the film Ma? Oh, it was insane. <laughs> it was insane. She was out her cabeza. Really, it was the one film. Head. It was the one film. Hey, I, 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 before we close out, we were. Out, it was a few years ago. I was out on on vacation with my family, and we were trying to just. Um, <laughs> my parents like, hey, you guys want to watch a movie? Well, and said, make the pick. I was like, hey, let's watch Ma. By the middle of it, they looked at me like, what did she? <laughs> you knew what you were doing. <laughs> I knew what I was doing. <laughs> Y'all gave me the pick. Y'all really gave right. me the pick. <laughs> hey. I was the general manager. I made the first round pick. This is what we're going to go with. Hey, guys. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh but yeah, goodness. bro. But, but Snowpiercer, man, yeah, definitely highly recommended. Save I recommended to me. If Save I recommends, I know it's going to be amazing. So, But this film, it, it checks all the boxes that, that you know we, we generally talk about. Yeah, so. for sure. Go see it. I mean, not go see it. I mean, go watch it. I mean, watch it in the comfort of your home. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but man, before we close it out, though, we didn't even mention Usher headlining the Super Bowl halftime show. Got 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 any got any thoughts on that, man? 
He's going to sing to everybody's wife. He's going to break Girl, a relationship. That's what I'm saying. I'm never taking my, my future wife to a Usher concert. <laughs> She's going to get snagged. That's stupid. <laughs> right. But no, it's going to be a great show because he has some bangers. Yep. I mean, Analog. obviously he was a part of, oh, oh, oh. oh like, so they got to play. He got to bring Black Eyed Peas out because Black Eyed Peas played Super Bowl, I believe. I think they played the Super Bowl one year. Mm-hmm. The Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. So bringing them out, he can bring a lot of people out. So I'm hoping it's like a Dr. Drake thing when he bring out Snoo, 50, Eminem. Yeah. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be enjoyable. He, yeah. you know, he has a, he has a crazy catalog. So um, long as he going to sing to nobody's uh, wives. Stay away. Or backstage doing crazy yeah. stuff, you know. I don't like that, I sure. Too smooth. You too smooth. Too smooth. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure he's still burning. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Winter Burns, and my counterpart, Saban Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.